All right, we're live. Maybe I didn't realize we were live. That's the beauty of being live. This is Speak Up with Anthony Scaramucci. I am joined by one of my favorite people and somebody that I met on my book tour. I don't know if you'll remember that, Grant, but you brought me on your uh, 10X show on my book tour. I said, this is a guy that I need to have in my life and learn from. Welcome to Speak Up with Anthony Scaramucci, Grant. It is a thrill to have you on with us. Um, I'm going to let you get started. So what are you thinking about in the world right now? And then I want to talk a little bit about your origin, if that's okay, how you built yourself up to where you are. And then we've got a ton of aspirational listeners. Uh, they tune in, they call in, they send us emails. I want them to get the real Grant Cardone on this show today uh, and so that they can tap into your mindset uh, after they leave the show. But Grant, welcome to the show. Well, Anthony, thank you, man. I'm a big fan of yours, as you know. You know, I've always been very supportive of you, watch you for a long time. You've been a big inspiration to me. And I think, you know, this show that you're doing, Speak Up, it's very hard to speak up, to, to have confidence. Uh, this One of the things I admire most about people is to see people that go do things that they haven't done before. And what I always wonder about is, dude, how do they have the confidence to do something they've never done before? Believe it's going to work when most people around you are telling you it can't work, won't work, um, that, that it's too risky. So just the fact that you're doing this and bringing in aspiration and inspiration at a time in a world where it's so negative, I really appreciate your time and energy to do this. So let, let's go to you, though. You're growing up in Louisiana. You have a twin brother. Yeah. You are. Uh, you started with nothing. Um, and now, but you realize that you're in the land of opportunity. This is an aspirational America. So how do you go from being a Grant Cardone to the Grant Cardone? Take us through some of those steps. Well, well, look, man, I mean, you know, in the beginning, you just have a dream, right? I remember being a little kid. Uh, my dad taught me a lesson about money. My dad only lived until I was 10 and, um, I remember him telling me two things at eight years old that became critical later on in my life. One was your name is everything, you know, protect it, defend it, don't damage it. And the second thing was I, I wait, I, I lost a quarter one day and dude, the guy came down on me so hard. I thought I'd like done something like he's like, never play with money. That's why you lost what, that. What, what year was this, though, Grant? Because I want to, I want to inflation adjust what a quarter once was. So nineteen six. All right. So I mean, you're talking about you know probably without exaggeration, ten bucks now. Right? I mean, honestly, right? Yeah, could be. You know, could be. But I just know what it would buy. It would have bought like, it would have bought those big bubble. You remember the big super bubble gums, man? They were yes. that's when they were giant. Yes, you know, yes I remember that. Things have not just got more expensive. They also got smaller at the same time. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, um, expensive, smaller. But we've done that. This is why real estate is such mm. an important thing to have in people's portfolios. So, so your dad's teaching you about money. Yeah. So you're, he, getting, he, you're, you're getting your career started. Yeah. But, well, like, what is career. the transformation? What was the? How do you take the dream? There's a lot of people listening right now. Uh, they they they're dreamers. Maybe yeah. they're in a job. Maybe they're about to start a new job. Maybe they don't want a job and want to be entrepreneurs. How do you set the ignition? How do you set the. Uh, well, you, you got to, you, you know, th there's a bunch of lessons along the way. You know, this lesson was, hey, don't play with money. Th that really hit me hard. And then my grandfather, 
uh, about 30 minutes later, was in the same house with me at the same time. We had a small house, about 1,400 square feet. Seven of us lived there. My grandfather was visiting that day. And my grandfather said, son, never go anyplace with one quarter. So I got two lessons the same day about money. One was don't play with money. And the other day, the other message was, do you need to create some abundance? Now, I'd, I would not tap into these messages until way later in my life. Right. But uh, my dad would die two years later. I was then raised by a single mom for the next uh, seven, eight years and watch her suffer. And that, that became Anthony, because I know about some of your humble beginnings, that would become really the lessons and the inspiration uh, of watching the pain of just getting by, never getting a break, always worried about the plumber, the car dealer, the roofer coming over to take advantage of the single mom. And so I decided at the age of 16 in a rebellious, very angry moment with my mom, we were middle class, right? So we had, we had air conditioned heater and food. The refrigerator always had some food in it, but I was, I, I told my mom, I said, I will grow up one day and be a rich man. I will be rich. Okay. I'm going to be wealthy one day. And my mom was so pissed off at me. She's like, be grateful for what we have. Look what I've done for you. And I'm like, no, I am not grateful for this. I do not want to be scared all the time. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to have to go to the store and not be able to get what I want. I don't want to clip coupons because that's the environment I was brought up in. Uh, brought up in. It's only gotten worse for most people over the last 50 years. But that really kind of set me, Anthony, on, on my way. Uh, now, along the way, I got lost. Uh, for 10 years, I became I, 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 I had some people kind of got a hold of me and misdirected my energy and my 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 uh, my intentions and my goodness. I became a drug addict for 10 years of my life. Well, you're I, right about that. I remember that in, in, in one of your books. Um, yeah. And but, it, but you're a health nut now, though, right? I mean, you cleaned all that up. Well, yeah. You're 25. Right. I mean, I haven't used drugs for 41 years. 25, I cleaned up. And then that's when my journey really started. At 25 years old, I started self-educating, um, uh, started studying people, successful people, and made a commitment to my self-improvement, my self-esteem, my self-respect. And along the way, uh, started when I started believing more in myself, I started also uh, becoming interested in going back to those lessons that my dad and my grandfather taught me about money. Well, and I, and, you know, I love this part of the story because the people listening in, no matter what the business is, how you're going to build a business, the first thing you have to do is build yourself. It's a combination of discipline, self-talk, uh, self-talk, it's nutrition, it's getting up in the morning, going after things, it's putting lists together. Um, I'm going to get into the real estate business in a second, uh, but we like starting these shows with the proverbial question of what keeps you up at night, Grant? What is it that keeps you up at night? Shit, I, you know, sometimes I just got to go take a piss. <laughs> All right, Bes besides your and my prostate problems, and since we're yeah. there, you know, my, my prostate flipped as I got older with my bladder. My bladder used to be the size of a watermelon, and my prostate was the size of a walnut. They flipped on me. Yeah, so yeah. Forget that. Forget, forget the fact that you got to yeah. get up for that reason. What worries you? Uh, you know, dude, I mean, the things that worry me the most are, am I doing right by my kids? I, the, the economy doesn't worry me too much. I, I now 
have 40 years of experience knowing whether it's a Democrat or Republican, a good economy or bad economy. I trust my ability, not my money. I don't trust my money. I trust my ability to, to, to produce and take care of myself, whether there's, whether I have what I have today or not. And, um, so, but, you know, being a good father, being a good husband, you know, I'm like, man, I'm not a good husband. I don't, I'm not patient enough with my wife. I don't show her enough attention. Like th- that, that stuff bothers me. And, and like, dude, how long am I going to live? How, how much, how much can I do? But before I, before, you know, I retire this body and, and can't make an effect. Now, some of this other stuff bugs me. You know, I think, I think, you know, the, the, the economy, the inflation, the, the government, the way we spend money and waste money. But some of that I can't control, so I just need to go to sleep. So it's smart. It's really good insight. As a business person, you're focused on the things that you can control, mm-hmm. and then you compartmentalize your worry. You're like, look, I can't control that, but what I can't control is getting a good night's sleep so that I can concentrate on my core businesses and concentrate on the people I love. Um, I, I want to drill deeply into real estate. I want you, you know, we got time on the show. The great part about this show is it's not, a network show where you're three minutes in, three minutes out. Ladies and gentlemen, that's yeah. Grant Cardone. Bye-bye. I want you to take a moment and say, ladies and gentlemen, I chose real estate as a core theme for my investment strategy. Here are the reasons why. Here are the pluses and minuses of the real estate industry. And this is how I think about it. Yeah. So, look, I mean, one of the reasons I sleep well is because I have real estate that's not over leveraged. So real estate is the like if you and you've met a bunch of real estate guys compared to Wall Street guys compared to 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 crypto guys. uh, Real estate guys are the most relaxed business people you'll ever meet. Uh, They're typically they don't have any money on them because all their money's in on hard assets. They're not liquid. I think not being liquid is actually a benefit, not a deficit. Uh, Wall Street would love to to have everyone liquid like the casino would. The casino wants the player to be liquid, meaning they have money to spend and gamble. I'm never liquid. Um, I can't get to my assets quickly. I don't look at a phone every day to see what the assets are worth. There's probably four and a half billion dollars worth of real estate. I started with three grand. You don't need an education. You don't need a license. You don't need like like you need nothing to get in real estate. You don't need to be an insider. Uh, you can actually get insider information. Uh, there's so many advantages: the depreciation, the appreciation, the leverage, the cash flow. See, the to me, what I've always wanted that my dad didn't figure out. My dad died at 52 on Thursday. On Monday, he got his last check, and the company he worked at would never pay him again. He cashed. My mom cashed the life insurance on Tuesday. There was no more money. That's over. Game's over. If I died today, uh, I have no life insurance. I think I got twenty twenty thousand dollars worth of life insurance or something. So, uh, but I have you know we got four billion dollars worth of real estate. The cash flow is a million a, a million six in free cash flow every month, whether I'm alive or dead, and just keeps growing as rents grow. So that you know when you ask me what keeps me up at night, not much. Inflation's good for me. I don't have too much debt. Uh, we put long-term financing on on uh, 75, 80% of our uh, 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 of our holdings have very long-term financing, which could be good or bad. 
uh, the negatives of real estate, the kind of real estate I buy. Now, I'm not talking about single family homes because a lot of most audiences, Anthony, that, that I talk to, they think real estate. I'm talking about a house. I don't consider a house an asset. I do consider it a liability. I don't even consider it a savings account. It's a terrible investment. Most people should not do it. Uh, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and Citibank benefited from people buying houses more than the individual ever did. Your audience will hate me for saying this. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing, nothing people despise me saying more than this right here. A house is a shitty investment. It's not even a good savings well, account. Well, I, I, but I, because I've read your book, so I understand why you're saying that. Uh, particularly if you buy it in a good area, they have a tendency to go sideways as it relates to appreciation. You've got lots of maintenance. It's a utility for yourself. So you're using it as a tool to raise your family. Yeah. Uh, most people, particularly wealthy people, by the way, they put more into the house than they can actually get out of it. So if they're renovating a bathroom or a kitchen, they want it to look right for them. But the next home buyer comes in and says, hey, I don't want that. And they want to rip it out and they won't give you the value for it. But I want to I want to ask you a question about cycles and economy Four decades in business, you've seen had to be minimum eight or nine recessions. Uh, you've managed this real estate process well, where you don't have short-term debt and you don't have uh, high interest rate debt, and your your percentage composition of equity to debt is manageable. So take us through your field guide. Tell us one: Are you ever worried about real estate corrections? Is there a correction coming? How could somebody protect their portfolio yeah. if there is one coming? That sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think that we're in the biggest real estate correction of my lifetime right now. The beginning stages, the first half of inning one. Uh, this will be proportionally compared to, say, 2008, bigger. Mm -hmm. But this time it will not be individual families. It will be institutions, names of which mm -hmm. you, you are surrounded by and have done a lot of business with. Uh, mm -hmm. My prediction is we will have hundreds of banks fail because of this in this country. Institutions will fail, major institutions, and uh, pension funds will also be affected. In this mm -hmm. last cycle, uh, in the last, let's say, four years since 2020, the big institutions did what uh, the individual family did in 2008, uh, basically over leveraged at, at, at scale, like like a, a company called Color Stone, you know, just pick a color, Stone, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, these guys all have black or colors, gold. They got different colors. These guys over leveraged their portfolios, dude. And, and they right. use short-term debt. They listened to the Fed. Jerome Powell was saying, we will not raise rates. We will not raise rates. We will not raise rates in June of 2020. And then freaking he cranked them. After everybody went and got a bunch of short-term debt, they cranked. There's $2.7 trillion worth of adjustable corporate, institutional, office, multifamily, and retail shopping centers, uh, hotels on adjustable loans right now. About $700 billion will mature this year, $700 billion next year. And all this stuff is, has to be written down probably to uh, two-thirds of the amount of debt, which will create a tremendous, phenomenal opportunity for a guy like me to go pick up their assets. 
Okay, but let's say you're not a guy like you. Let's say you're just getting started. Uh, you're, you're a guy like you circa 35 years ago. Yeah, okay. Uh, so what do we do, sir? How do we, you know, you, you've got this crisis coming. Lots of this equity is going to get let go at distressed prices. Very reminiscent. You and I are old enough to remember the RTC, the Resolution Trust Corporation, yep. this SNL crisis yep. from the late 80s into the 90s. Yep. What do you do? You're a young man or woman. You want to take advantage of this opportunity in real estate and this current cycle. What do you do? What do you do? You, this is what I would do if I was 30 years old and had no money right now. If I was starting over. Okay. First, you got to know what not to do. Do not go out and buy single family homes. There will be no correction in the single family home space. In fact, single family homes across the country are up 1% over last year when everybody's waiting on a correction. This correction will not be in a single family home. It will probably not be in two and three and four units. It's going to be in the bigger complexes. Now, the, the problem that that poses with people is like, I don't have the money for the down payment. But people need to get educated about how to buy this kind of asset. This asset is actually easier to buy, Anthony, than it is to buy a single family home if you can figure out the down payment. Right, exactly. Okay, because I don't need a credit score. I mean, this is literally a way for people to level the playing field. It is, it is, it is so unfair in this country. Uh, two things make it very unfair. One is the non-accredited accredited status by the SEC is discriminatory at best. Mm -hmm. At best. The, the idea that somebody needs 200 grand to make an investment, an alternative investment, actually keeps the people, like 90% of the population will never make 200 grand in their lifetime. Right. So the SEC is actually, those rulings, the Congress is actually keeping people from being able to invest in the best things. So that's one thing I'm fighting for. The second piece is, if you have a poor credit score, five or 600, you're not, you're not buying a house and you're not buying two units. But if you would skip to 40 units or 70 units or 100 and figure out how to get the down payment, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will make you a loan on 70 units that has nothing to do with your credit score and nothing to do with your income. Because they will credit the income and the property. That's who they're giving the loan to. So now what Americans need to do, if I was 30 years old and didn't have any money, I would find great assets that had cash flow, that supported leverage. And then I would go figure out how to tell my community, uncles, aunts, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, people I worked for, I'd get an asset. And then I would go tell my community about that asset. Because money, as you know, a great asset, money, equity, and debt will always follow a great asset that cash flows. So how do you how do you identify what are some of the key checks on your checklist to identify a great asset? A great location. Yep. Cash flow. 95% occupancy. Uh, it'll support management. Uh, there's job growth. And typically the rents are $200 lower than they should be in the market. Right. So there's room for improvement. So this is typically well, a generational well, 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 thing, right? No, no, not even room for improvement. I, I don't, there, there's, there's millions of units out there today where, where you could simply go in with a change of ownership. You go from, from Ben, Ben apartments to Scaramucci apartments, just by changing the name mm -hmm. and you walk on the property and tell everybody, Hey guys, a new sheriff in town, 
uh, we're going to take care of the property, plant two palm trees. And uh, that month, let's say you had 70 units, seven people are moving out that month. The next seven are going to get an increase of $200 and they're going to take it. No, it makes sense. You know, my problem, though, Mr. Cardone, is my my Italian name is unlike your Italian name. My Italian name is too long for these buildings. You know, you okay, got that nice, you, you got that nice, cute Italian last name. You know, you can pop it on any building easily. We got some we got some people uh, chatting with us and sending us emails. Let's go to the first. Let, let me question. just this before you go to yeah. the chat. OK, before we go to the insanity of the chat. Yeah, okay. go, go ahead. If you can find a 32 unit deal. OK. And this is for your audience. This is you'll make a million dollars on every deal. I look every deal that I look for. I look for a million dollar score. If it doesn't have a million dollar score and two thousand dollars of free cash flow that can be managed by a third party, I won't do the deal. So let me just do this math real quick live for you right here on the Mooch channel. OK. Every $200 on 32 units will make you $1.2 million. So the, the, the viewer would simply find a 32 unit or larger deal where the rents are 800, but should be a thousand. You're not going to improve anything. I'm, I, you're not going to go put new kitchens in and new floors. That was overdone by the institutions. You would find something that is basically somebody bought 30 years ago or 20 years ago, and they never raised the rents. Uh, rents are still one half of the average mortgage in America. These rents have a long, long uh, trajectory to grow in the future, and they will. Sure. Uh, All right. Well, listen, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I appreciate the, speci the specifics because, you know, yeah. we, we're a feedback, customer feedback loop show, and people are like, hey, got to get granular and get specific. With that, let's go to our first uh, person in the chat. Mass migration is providing an endless supply of buyers where people want to live. What's your reaction to that? That's Steve Mix via chat. Steve, and yeah, Mix. Hey, Steve look, man, the, you, you're already on to one of the great clues that I did not mention in that list of things that I just gave Anthony, which is migration patterns. You're looking for positive migration. There's, there's two ways to look at migration. One is, hey, where are people going? OK, when people move from New York to Miami, they do not buy a house first. They rent for about two to three years first. Right. Some, of them will, some of them will rent for five or six or seven years. Those are starting to move to, to drier and to warmer uh, cities. They left and they're moving and they have no intention of buying again. They don't want to own a home ever again. They've already owned two or three homes and they're like, I'm done with maintenance. I don't want to maintain anything. I mean, I have apartment. I have an apartment building in Boca Raton right now. Migration has been mostly from New Jersey, New York, Boston. These people earn 400 grand a year from home and they, they could buy a house in Boca or Fort Lauderdale. They don't want to. They're like, I don't want a house. I want to live at your place. The place is filled with cougars. Your age, Anthony. Um, and well, hopefully uh, they, they're younger than me, Cardone. I'm, I'm, how, old I'm you, how old are you now? How old are you? I just turned 60 with it. I Dude, I hope I look as good as you when I'm your age. Yeah, well, you're, you you got me beat by a few years, okay? I do follow you on Wikipedia as well. Don't start. Don't start. I'm, 
I'm not on Wikipedia. That's a garbage dump. No, so, I know that, that. That's why I said it because of that dinner that you and I had related to Wikipedia. But all yeah. right, that's an inside joke. So let, let, the, let's go back to the migration. Go ahead. Follow the positive migration. You have migration patterns going into Arizona right now, big time. Utah, big time. Uh, into Texas. I mean, everybody knows the story about Texas. Into yeah. Florida, everything Florida, Tampa, Orlando, Daytona, the entire East Coast, all the way down to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm, yeah. uh, uh, the, 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 uh, Palm Beach. But also on the West side, Sarasota, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale. Dude, it's, it's, like, it's crazy what's going Look, on. 817,000 people have left the state of California in the last 20 months. 817,000 people. So... You know, it just tells you, you know, the taxes are a price for services. If you're going to take the taxes to the moon and the services are, uh, you know, who the hell knows? You can't get the right. You can't you can't get things to work in these places. Hopefully they'll fix it. we got one more guy on the chat here. Let's fire in another question. Okay, can I answer the second before you yeah, move please, on to the next chat? Okay? Yeah, There's yeah. another part of the migration pattern. OK, this migration pattern will flip. Okay, I don't know what all the balloons are about, but the migration pattern flips. So I also look for when people are exiting to go back into those markets. So the best rental markets in America today, drum roll, San Francisco and New York City. Yeah. Third is Los Angeles. Tell us these, why. These will be mega markets going forward in the future if these if, if you're local politicians, OK, these people that vote the way you do and act the way you do and think the way you do. OK, if they quit, like literally giving people reasons to leave the state because you cannot build this this product anymore. You can't, mm -hmm. People have to have a place to live. Uh, the average rent in New York City day is fifty seven hundred. If I could buy a thousand units in New York City, good locations where there's positive job growth. It, uh, you know, uh, not positive. I don't even need that there because you got so much population. But at least I have a great location that's desirable. I'd buy a thousand units in New York City today. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, a, it's well said. I'm glad you brought that up because it's a it's the reason why you've been so successful is thinking outside the box and being a contrarian. This is a uh, this is a great email actually coming in from Rose. Uh, what is your take on the recent post by the CEO of Medium? saying that once commercial leases are up, landlords will go bankrupt in mass due to work from home. What's your thought on that, Grant? I think, okay, great question, uh, Rose. Excellent question. First of all, the remote work has failed. Every CEO, without exception, that was pro work from home has reversed their opinion of it. Uh, I, from the very start, we never closed our offices. I refused to close our offices. Anybody that wanted to work from home, I'm like, yeah, you can. You can just stay home forever, but you're not going to work at my place. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I, I, I got a thousand employees. Most people want to come work with other people. So that has been a failure. Number two, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't believe, I believe offices will be a tremendous investment. Uh, I, and, and I agree with Rose that many, many landlords will lose their properties. We just bought a deal from your old employer, uh, uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, for $20, $20 million less than they paid for it. Mm -hmm. They were at seven, never had it more than 70% occupied. Wow. They owned it for seven years, Anthony. And yeah. we, in seven days, I had it 
at 94% in seven wow. days of ownership. Well, all right, all right. Let, 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 let's stay on the, any other chats out there? Just ask in my control room, any other, uh, any other ideas you out there? Will big city office space convert to multifamily grant? No. What kind of revenue implications does that have at the local levels? And this is obviously from Chris Solis via chat. Chris, thanks for, uh, tuning in to us. I appreciate it. And Chris, I owe you a call. So I, I haven't forgotten. Yeah. And if Chris, if he owes you a call, I owe you a call. So one, <laughs> uh, I don't believe 98% of all office, I'm making this number up, will never be converted to multifamily. This is completely ridiculous conversation. If you've ever been in an office building and you've been in a nice multifamily apartment building, they're completely different beasts. You need bathrooms and 400 units, showers. Uh, you need light. Nobody wants to live in an apart in an office building. Office buildings are built different than than apartments. So it's much more likely that they would just take the building to the ground and start over, and it would be cheaper. Uh, tax revenue implications massive. This is why this is why Miami's got such a forward positive look. Do you got? You know, when Ken Griffin comes down here, it's one thing. When Ken brings in his entire company down here, it's another thing. Uh, Goldman's coming down here right now. Uh, the big tech companies are coming. I think Steve Ross is doing a deal with Ken Griffin, uh, in, including the, the Miami Dolphins. Like, they're building a billion square feet of office in Miami. You couldn't do that in New York today. So that's going to affect the tax revenue implications of the city. And the last thing, and Anthony mentioned this, look, when you penalize people for being producers, at some point they will leave. Mm -hmm. I left the state of California, mm -hmm. just my tax revenue. Yeah. 13 years ago, I left the state of California. We do about, we've, we've done, I don't know, billion dollars worth of sales over the internet. We do $750 million every year across all our platforms uh, a year times 13 years. Yeah. California's got not one penny of that because I left. It's, it's crazy. I mean, they just don't understand the value of intellectual capital and capital capital. And now of course, California is thinking about a wealth tax that'll just completely drive everybody that has any wealth out of the state. It's just very demotivating, demotivating, yeah. very disincentivizing. And, and, uh, and the thing is, Anthony, I can go there and use the place. I still use mm -hmm. the resources of the state of California or New York. I come in, I use it, I abuse it. It's mm -hmm. like, like these states set themselves up to be treated like prostitutes rather than, mm -hmm. rather than, and I've never been with a prostitute. I want to make that clear. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but they, you know, now I go use the state of California and their resources, their highways, their police, their fire. I use all the resources without ever paying taxes there. I just get the best and then leave. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very, it's very, it's very, it's very true. So this is Speak Up with Anthony Scaramucci, 928-436-6624, Before we go to a, a caller or another uh, a chat question, tell us about managing the debt capital markets. Tell us about some of the things you think about. What's your compass when you're thinking about putting on debt, Fixed debt, fifteen-year debt, thirty-year debt, arm debt. How do you think about it, sir? 
Well, I'm, I'm a coward. So uh, I have no personal debt of my own. Uh, we have about $2.2 billion worth of debt on the apartment portfolio. 39 different mortgages across the, the, the different properties. 34 of them are fixed long-term. Five of them have adjustable money. And we have rate caps to protect against uh, the, you know, something going haywire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're well-funded. So, like, I just bought rate caps for to protect out for another two years uh, on some adjustables. Look, there's the, the, the long-term money is also risky, right? Because when I lock in on 10 or 12 years of debt, I can't get out of that debt. That's what a lot of people don't understand. There's a cost to that as well. Cause then I can't mm-hmm. rebuy that property or I can't sell it uh, mm-hmm. before the 10 or 12 years are up without some kind of defeasance or penalty. Um, the short term debt though, that's what, that's what keeps people up at night and uh, real estate. And I, you know, I'm surprised that you've made this so, so heavy about the real estate, but I, but I love real estate. So I can talk about it for hours. Um, the only time you have a real estate correction and, 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 and uh, Charlie Munger rest in peace was famous for saying this. The reason he hated real estate was because he said it was so stable for so many, for so long. And the only time it had instability was when the debt market collapsed. Right. Which, which, which is what I believe that we're going to go into right now. We're going right. to have, we have an illiquid dysfunctional debt market right now in present time. It's not being confronted. They're kicking the can down the road, hoping the Fed's going to somehow fix something and they can't. Um, and and that, that goes back to what I said earlier about the $700 billion worth of loans coming due this year. Yeah, no, you can feel it. You can feel the pressure in the marketplace. But I, I, I stayed on the real estate stuff because when I made the announcement, Grant, that you were coming on, uh, it was a real estate heavy questions from the uh, audience, yeah. try to make it interactive with them. But before I go to another chat question, what other topics would you like to talk about? Uh, because you are Grant Cardone. You are a brand and a commodity onto your own. Um, and so what, what's, what's top of mind for you right now? Well, look, look, real estate. I love real estate. Real estate is an investment play, though. Real estate is not a way to make money today. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, uh, I'm involved in a number of different ventures. We have, I don't know, I'm partner, co-founder or founder in 20 plus companies. Uh, we have a health business that, you know, that business will probably sell for a billion dollars when I get ready to sell it. Mm-hmm. Might be close to that right now. Mm-hmm. We grew 19,000 customers. Like money, you need money. You need money every month. Your business has to make money. We have an event business that does, I don't know, 25 million bucks a year. Uh, we have uh, an educational business that does a hundred and one hundred and thirty-five million dollars, and a venture. You have that. You have the healthcare business, though, too. I mean, you, yeah. right? I mean, didn't you team up? Yeah. Create great supplements, healthcare yeah. infusion business. So. Wait, how do you think this happens, man? Looking good. You got guns, man. You got guns. You don't have. Uh, you don't have those man boobs of somebody your age typically. Give you credit for that. Yeah. I may or may not be wearing a bra, by the way. We'll leave that to viewers to decide. Let's take a chat. We got two more chat questions before we keep going. What happens in Los Angeles where people have not paid rent in a year? The rules are starting to be modified. This is from the Good Humor Man. Uh, I love this guy, the Good Humor Man. He fires in a question every week. Thank you, sir. Uh, Strawberry Shortcake was my favorite from the Good Humor Man. 
but you know, you know the point. There's these socialist yeah. ideas around rent. I guess the landlord should take care of and maintain the building, and the person should sit there and squat in the building. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you do in a situation like that, Grant? Yeah. This is again why you avoid the smaller scale. I got a buddy that has 18 units in Bakersfield, just outside of where uh, Good Humor is talking about. Nine mm -hmm. of the 18 have not paid their rent for nine months. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a larger building, okay, mm -hmm. particularly location centric. So that's not going to happen in Santa Monica, two, two blocks from the beach. Because renters know, and we've all been renters. I've never mm -hmm. met anybody that wasn't a renter at some point in their life. Renters know that even if the law allows you for some period of time not to pay rent, that will follow you historically, and the next place you live will be worse than the last place you live. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so for you guys that are investing, don't worry so much about people not paying. Most people will pay their bills. Most people are good people. Most people do not want to game the system. Most renters know they want a better life, not a worse life, okay? But the way to protect yourself is location, okay? But, but make sure you do not compromise the location of the property. Pay more money to have a great location. Locations, you, you will pay for every day when you compromise that location. You can fix the property. You can never fix the location. All right, these are great insights, Grant. That's why I wanted to bring you on. I've got another uh, question in the chat. Let's fire that up. I'm agreeing with most of what Grant says. However, when the correction impacts commercial multifamily properties and banks, it will bleed to the single family home space. That's James's thought. Yeah. Uh, what say you there? Well, James, nobody agrees with everything I say. <laughs> Trust me, not even my wife. Okay. Um, like this will not bleed over to single family. Okay, 90% of all the single family homes in this country are either paid for in cash or below 5% interest. 40% of all the loans in America have a 3% interest rate for 30 years. There is no way there will be a correction in single family homes. Impossible. But there just won't be a lot of movement though, right? I mean, the, no, the trading, the trading exactly. will slow down, right? Because I, you know, I have a, you know, even me, I, I put a mortgage on my house just for the tax. I'm, I'm not leaving and why would I give up a two and five eighths, 15 year fixed rate mortgage? Where am I going? You know, you, you won't give it up until it's two and five eighths again. And it will be, by the way. Right. I agree with that. We will see zero percent interest rates again. We'll probably see negative. Are we we have a, we have a caller coming in. Uh, let's go right to the live caller. Man, and this show is uh, cracking, bro. You got to show this. Cracking, I'm, getting, I'm getting all kinds of great feedback on you, by the way, too. Yeah. Could be, it could be the guns. I think it's the guns, actually. Okay. I have a guest caller. Let's let's go. Yes, sir. Welcome to Speak Up. Can you hear us, sir? Hello. Can you all hear me? Yes, sir. Welcome to Speak Up with the Mooch. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you all so much for coming here and um, giving us some insights toward the housing market. I had a question to, to um, Grant about the metaverse specifically. So there's digital land that's limited. What are your thoughts about getting those limited digital lands and putting up a storefront that allows you to sell, sell products or billboards for advertising to target those consumers in those um, blockchain communities. Do you find value in that? 
Yeah. Well, I think we're a long way from the metaverse, bro. I can't even get Siri to understand how I speak in English. So, uh, like, I, I think this thing is so overplayed. I think the AI, 98%, 99% of all the AI companies will fail and never produce a penny of revenue. Will there be some winners? Yes. The metaverse, uh, I think that that was a nice way for Mark Zuckerberg to take the negative attention off of Facebook. And now we in Metaland. Okay, most people still can't make money uh, simply building a, a business. So th- whatever skill set you need in the real world, you will need in the meta world. Whatever skill set is going to benefit you online, you had to have that retail experience. Like we do, I don't know, we do $100 million a year just in online sales. We do another 100 touching people. So they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, now, anybody that's not going to pay attention to technology is an idiot. I'm paying attention to it, but but I'm more worried about the Internet going down and you not being able to communicate with your customers than I am worried about, uh, you know, the metaverse. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I think, I think, you know, Tyler, thank you. Tyler's a regular uh, chiming in here. We appreciate you calling in. Um, listen, listen, Grant, I always run into a little bit of overtime. I got my producers telling me that I got to pull ripcord because the show's going into OT, but I want you to say something to people, uh, that 10 X is them. What is the motivating? Like when I'm with you, I feel like I've got electrical current going through me. I feel like I've got to get off the show right now, do 15 20 push-ups, three reps, and then maybe do some wind sprints out here in the snow. So give us give us something from the Grant Cardone mindset that my viewers and listeners can take with them until next week. How, how much time do you have before your producer says you can't talk anymore? No, 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 let, let, let's go. For, let, I want you to riff. You riff. And then when they well, number pull one, me, I would tell you, when they number pull one, me, I would... we'll, call it, we'll call it to speak up with Grant Cardone as opposed to speak up with the mooch. Yeah, number one, I would tell you that, you know, your producer's not 10X. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, look, 10X, 10X is about orders of magnitude. It's about, you know, I I once read something that says the only reason people fail is because they underestimate the amount of effort required to succeed. And that hit me really hard, dude. Like every time I've ever failed, it's only because I didn't try enough times. Because if I try enough times, I cannot fail. If you don't quit, you won't fail. Now, I know that sounds aspirational, inspirational. It sounds like, oh, my God, walk on fire. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about numbers. This is simply a number. You know, if I ran for president enough times, I'd probably become the president. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I wouldn't get to I wouldn't be able to do it the first time the way Trump did. But if I if I spent enough time, energy, resources, learned how to speak correctly, learned how to build a big enough audience and I had enough time to do it and not quit, I'd probably pull it off. Like everything I've done in my life, I did without any knowledge of how to do it. And I would just tell people like I show people money. I show people success. I brag about it. I show it off. I'm doing that to give people an example, the example I didn't have when I was 10, 10 years old, 12, 15, 18, 19, 20. I went to college because I thought 
somebody was going to show me the gateway or the book to success. And they didn't. Right. Amen. I wanted examples. And I would just tell everybody like 10 X is a real thing. The ability to improve your life from wherever you are right now, maybe you're successful. Boom. It can be improved. Maybe you're suffering. It can be improved. Maybe you're worth $10 million. Trust me. That is not the top of the mountain. Maybe you're in good shape. There's still another level. Maybe your marriage is what good. It can get 10 times better. So I would just tell people, man, surround your, you know, have big targets, surround yourself with people that support big targets. Okay. Big people do not challenge big think. Little people are the ones that say, oh, why can't you be satisfied? Why can't you just be happy? Why aren't you just grateful? Uh, uh, when's enough enough? That's little think. Right. And if you want, if you want to, if you want a big idea, don't share it with the uh, little people or producers that don't have enough time. <laughs> All right. My producers are going to really be mad at me now for like outing them. But listen, you would love my next guest next week. His name is Matt Higgins. He's been a guest star on Shark Tank. He wrote a best-selling book called Burn the Boats, which is a lot like your philosophy. No plan B. But look at this. Anthony has great producers. See that they're file, file, that That's a shot at me, Grant. Just so you know, it's got nothing to do with you. They're, they're like, man. All right. But in any event, Matt Higgins coming on next week. Uh, listeners out there, viewers out there, uh, send us some advice. How to make the show better. Uh, I want to bring you back on, Grant. I want you to be a regular. There's so much to talk about with you. Uh, very grateful for your time today. Everybody have a great weekend. This is Speak Up with the Mooch. Speak Up with Anthony Scaramucci. Until next week at this time, live show, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time. Please tune in next week. Mm -hmm.